Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Reiler. Welcome back, everybody, on a Monday night. We are back on our regularly scheduled program. Hopefully everything will stick to the script this week. We had a I mean, all season long, you know, we've had a hiccup here and there, a couple hurdles to jump over, but we're back on a Monday night. We had Jim Harbaugh and a few players earlier today as the team is getting ready for Northwestern this week, chasing that 7-0 and mark ahead of the massive showdown that is going to be in a couple of weeks. So we'll get into a little bit of all of that, uh, and we're going to get into a little bit of all that with our guest, our featured guest, favorite of the podcast, Mr. Blake Corum is back in the house. It's been a while. We're talking to that like we gave him a little bit of a break you know i think this yeah. is appearance number five four or five, four or five. Like and that. uh yeah. you know after a while though blake's like all right guys i don't have nothing else to say to you guys this is, <laughs> break a bit. but but no i think this is a good time to bring him back in we haven't had him for a while it's the halfway point of the season coming off the bye and getting ready for northwestern and then of course that game with michigan state that i previewed a little bit blake i want to start right there six and oh I know you guys are a confident group. You believe in what you do, but after the way things went last year, two and four, you're you're a freshman. You're trying to figure it out. The COVID season, everything was just crazy. Did did you see this at the halfway point, undefeated, top six or seven in the country, ready to get to seven and zero and keep it moving through the really tough part of the schedule? Yeah, I mean, as a competitor, you know, you you that's what you're going to see. You know, at the beginning of the season, everyone says we're going to we're going to be undefeated. And that's really what I believe uh, this offseason, just the way everyone worked, every, the way everyone came together. Mm. I, I really believe that we would be 6-0 at this midway point, and we are. Yeah, was there? I'm, I'm always curious, like, <clears throat> when a team starts to have this kind of success, and I know, obviously, you have tremendous belief in yourself and your teammates and what you guys are right. capable of, but... Is there a point during the season, during the first six games, where you guys are in the locker room, whether it's after a game or, or it's at a practice, and you're looking around, you're like, damn, like we got something here. Like there's something legitimate here. We can we can really do something with this thing. Has there been that moment for you guys this season? Or like you said, has it just always been there right from the get? I mean, I feel like it's always been there right from the get. But I remember it was Wisconsin game. We were in the locker room. And if you could hear what the guys were saying in the locker room between like, you know, Hutch, myself, it really, it really, we really just came together that game, and that's when I knew like we were really special. Yeah, and and in terms of you as an individual, you know, you you got off to the hot start. The first three games, you know, the, right. the I think the Michigan rushing attack was averaging about 350 yards per game. Over yeah. the next three games, went down to about 140 yards per game. So. My question to you is what what do you attribute that that difference to? Is it just a matter of like getting in front of better competition or was there something that you guys noticed, you know, maybe during the bye week that can be changed up a little bit so that you guys can have more success on the ground the second half of the season? I mean, you know, we were we were killing the uh, the rush game early in the season. Uh, not that we we're not killing it right now, we're just not, you know, getting the yards that we were. I mean, that comes from, you know, people game planning, you know, stacking the box, um trying to stop the run. And that's what that's what opened up our pass game, you know, Wisconsin, you know, uh, Nebraska. Uh, it's opened up the pass game, but you know, as we go as we went into the bye week, I think teams are starting to realize that we can be both. 
So, I mean, they're going to have to try to play both, which is going to uh, open up the run game more. I wanted to piggyback off of that. Just a real, real quick rundown of those numbers if people had forgotten. Western Michigan was 335, Washington 343, NIU 373, massive game there. Rutgers 112, Washington 112, and then Nebraska, you guys rushed for 204 yards. So right now you're sitting at 245, 246 yards a game, which is number seven in the country. I mean, still a really Not effective bad. rushing game overall. Um, but, but again, some of the competition has changed. Those numbers have dipped and, and, and risen a little bit. How would you grade the running back performance? And, and also, I mean, just the running game in general, the O-line's involvement, what you and Hassan are doing, uh, Donovan getting mixed in there a little bit. How would you grade the rushing attack through six games? I mean, I would grade it. Uh, it's up there. You know, it's pretty good. Um, there's obviously, you know, as you go back, you know, we're at the halfway point. So, you know, personally, I was just looking at the film, what, what things I could have got better on, which runs I could have broke, what things I can do better. There's always some, some runs in there I wish I could get back. But you know I can't. I can only work on it from here on out. But um, you know I think we've we've had one hell of a, a, a rush game this last six games. I think we put up some numbers. I believe uh, you know the O line is killing it. You know they're real physical. Um, they open up the holes, and I believe you know between me and Hassan, you know being being a great duo, and then you add in Donovan. You know I, I think we have uh, some of the best backs in the nation. So I think it's been great. Yeah, and in terms of you said you you know you you obviously you go in you watch film. There's some there's some runs you wishes you could add back, or there's some things that you know that that you can get better at. I'm curious, what are some of those things? Because like you said, you guys have you're off to a really good start. You're obviously mm -hmm. putting up numbers, as Brandon said, number seven rushing attack in the country. What are some of those things that that you went and you looked at film and said, dang, I can do that a little bit better? Right, you know, I think there was just a couple runs personally where I think you know I could either got out of that, got out of a. You know, whether it be the head or I think I could have got my feet up on a couple of runs. You know, I might, I might have broke loose on those. I'm um, just, you know, small things. It, it was nothing really big. Um, just, you know, some th small things that I think I could have done just being that type of athlete I am and and broke, broke them loose. So, uh, you know, those are things I just practice on and practice between the bye week and, and this upcoming week, getting ready for Northwestern. It's just things I need to practice on that will, uh, you know, just improve my game. I wanted to ask about the maybe the stuff that the fans and even us when we go back and watch the game again that we that we don't see or don't pay attention pay as close attention to and that's pass pro for running backs something that I know Mike Hart was really good at when he played I'm sure he emphasizes that but as you sit here at the halfway point and you look back at some of the film that you're talking about and the runs that you might have you know left a little bit out there what about pass pro like do you guys have a grading system, a scoring system about like oh, I did this right or I did this wrong? Like how how does that shake out when you go back and watch it on the film? I mean, I, I don't think we've given up as run as a running back group. I don't think we've given up uh, any sacks that I, I know of. I think Cade's only been sacked once, so there, <laughs> there hasn't been very many. Right? So. He's only, yeah, exactly, he's only been sacked once. So I think we're doing a, a great job at picking up our blocks, and that just comes from you know study, preparing. Preparation, you know, early in the week, knowing which blitzes they're going to bring, seeing like mid game, you know, just seeing like he's coming. Obviously, you know, he a lot of people when they blitz, they they can't hold the water, so you know when they're coming, and so just knowing knowing who's coming, being able to meet them at the at the line of scrimmage, uh, getting giving the quarterback, you know, a pocket. Uh, so you know, pass pro is really important, probably the most important. If you can't block, you're not going to get the ball. You're not going to be able to run. 
Um, so, uh, you know, I think we did a phenomenal job, you know, at this midpoint of a pass pro offense line, phenomenal job um, in the running backs. Yeah. And, and I want to, I know that we're looking ahead to what's coming up or we're about to look ahead to what's coming up, but I want to look back really quick at the Nebraska game. You know, right. we saw the video come out or we saw it during the game. Actually, you guys have sort of made this habit now of, you know, when the third quarter ends, Yep. You guys got you, you know, you get into it, you sort of make whatever their thing is at that stadium. You sort of make that your thing. You take that and you take that energy and make it yours. Mm -hmm. I didn't even really realize it until I went back and watched it, but you guys were actually trailing at that time where right. you were, you know, you guys were getting hype on the sidelines. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, that environment in Nebraska, you guys were trailing for, I think the first time all season at that point, yeah, right? But you're season. still up on the sideline. Just walk us through that. What's going? What's going through your minds? I mean, what I mean, what, what contributes to that? Right. Yeah. So you know, Nebraska. They, that was one fan base. I mean, that was the loud one of the loudest stadiums I've ever been in. Um, but you know, I mean, we, that's just the confidence we have in each other. That's the confidence we have in the team. Like we knew we weren't going to lose. You know, it's just a little bit of adversity. Uh, and I'll tell you one thing: when when they you know they turned the lights off and played Thunderstruck, and we started jumping. They started looking at us like we were crazy or something, <laughs> and, and that's that's when I knew that's when I knew we had them. I, I knew we were going to win. When they looked at us and looked at us like, like what's wrong with these guys? They're losing, <laughs> you know. So like, uh, I mean, but that just comes from you know we're confident. Yeah, we're really confident in our game. We knew we had 15, what, 15 minutes left, fourth quarter. I mean, we were only down a couple points. I mean, we we knew we knew what we could do. We knew. We practiced, like I said, preparation all week. We knew we had it in us. And uh, so why not turn up? Why not? <laughs> yeah. I like that. that. That should be on a shirt. Why not turn up, right? I like that oh, yeah. idea. Why not? Um, so, so, so speaking of confidence, though, there was a moment during that Nebraska game, and your dad actually outed you on one of our previous shows. So now we know that this whole thing was pre-planned. It wasn't spontaneous. <laughs> I mean, where did you get the idea for the corn? How does this come up? Where, you know, Do you think about these things ahead of time? You're like, I got I to gotta figure out something cool to do. You know the fans are loving it. They're already talking about it in the comments. <laughs> we got to know. So it was pre-planned. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so we, it was a night game. So we were sitting in the hotel for a long time. We were we were downtown. So, you know, I'm just sitting in my hotel room looking out the window, watching all the fans tailgate, you know, just gathering my thoughts, um, watching everyone tailgate, and I'm looking around my room, and uh, I see <laughs> – I see corn on the curtains so in, in the hotel room. So there's corn on the curtains, and, and I'm really I'm looking at the what curtains. What hotel were you at? I don't, I don't know what hotel we were at, but there was corn on the curtains, and I'm looking at the curtains like, I want, if I, when, I, when, I, when I score today, I'm going to eat some corn. And that's so, so that's I called my dad. I was like, hey, Dad. There he is. Uh, Speak of the devil. There he is. It was good, though. But, uh. I called him. I said, "Hey, look, this is gonna be my celebration." And I, I showed him right, and he said, "Get out of here," or something like that. But uh, as soon as I, as soon as I scored, I threw the ball down, started eating corn. The fans were getting mad. <laughs> it, it was it was funny. It blew up on social. I'm sure yeah. you know at this point it blew up on social media. Um, but I'm curious. We we talked to you when we talked to you earlier in the year. You know, you got slapped on the wrist a little bit for throwing up the deuce in the end zone. I'm curious, mm -hmm. like. Did they say anything about eating the corn, or was everybody no, just no. like I, in good I, I spirit? Didn't, I didn't get in trouble for eating the corn. I, <laughs> I got in trouble for throwing up the deuce because I did it at the 15-yard line. 
Oh, yeah, okay. Right. I got you. I got you. I, I, I was in the. I, I don't think they can throw a flag on me for that. I'm celebrating with myself. Yeah. No. That's no. True. I don't think. I don't think there's. It was so. I. I like. It took me a minute to figure out what I was looking at, and I'm like, he's eating corn. <laughs> and as soon as yeah. it dawned on me, I'm like, that's that's dope. <laughs> so good. So good. I actually got. I want to ask. Like, it's it's probably it probably doesn't even factor in. But when you think you've got like just a a fire celebration. Do you, are you I, are you like are you thinking like I gotta score? I, I can't waste this. I can't waste this. The crazy thing is like I forgot about it mid game. Like <laughs> it, it, it didn't cross my mind. But like once I broke it, like once I got to the end zone, like it clicked. Like because <laughs> actually, Chris and I talked about this. That was one of our. That was one of my predictions was that you would get back into the end zone because I think it was two yeah. games in a row. Yeah. Didn't yeah. so. Got in the end zone, had the celebration. I, I thought it was I thought it was classic. My dad was my dad and I were actually watching. He was like, I think he's just my dad's barely paying attention. He's like, I think he's eating corn right now. I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> he identified it like right away. I thought that was so funny. Speaking <laughs> of the success you've had, getting in the end zone, the rushing yards. Blake, right now you are sitting at six hundred and ten yards on the season. Um and I'm curious, that thousand yard number is always in the in the mind of running backs, and it's it's a number that hasn't happened mm-hmm. a ton at Michigan over the last handful of years for running backs. Um, and I know your dad actually chimed in on this. We we talked about it a couple weeks ago when you weren't here. I think it was one of our questions we just discussed. Is Blake Horm going to get to 1,000 yards? And, of course, your dad said, oh, he's get he's getting there. He's getting that number. <laughs> I just wonder, do you, I mean, is that a personal goal for you? How important is it to yeah. get milestones like that and have that kind of success? I mean, I wouldn't say – yeah, sure, it's a goal. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'll get there. I'll say – I don't know. Before the last two games, I'll get yeah. it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a goal. I mean, uh, you know, crossing a thousand yard mark that's huge. And so I'll, I'll definitely get there. I think I, I think I'm coming up on it uh, for all purpose. I'll get that this week. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll be. I'll I'll get a thousand yards. There you have it. But I like that. I like just say I'm just gonna get it. I'll, I'll just put it out there. I'm just gonna go ahead and get that thousand real quick. So, so we've we're looking ahead a little bit. Obviously, you guys have Northwestern is on the clock. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're preparing for them this week. You know, Coach Harbaugh came out. the uh, The new trophy for the game was was sitting uh-huh. beside him. I'm curious. You know, what is obviously ev- every game means a lot, but the fact that this is going to be the first game for this trophy, how much talk has gone into that internally and and from a personal standpoint, how much does it mean to have this trophy be a part of this game? You know, it means a lot just because, you know, he was the first black, uh, well, big 10 player, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it means a lot, but you know, just any, any trophy game means a lot, you know, you don't, you don't want to lose the trophies. So, I mean, we, we said that today, like this is a trophy game, you know, it's very important. So, I mean, we're going to prepare like no other. We're going to prepare like any other week and go out there Saturday and then put on a show. I, w- I was really interested. We got to see a, a replica of the trophy today. They don't have the real one there yet, but the fact that it moves, like it moves and spins. I don't know if you guys, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. do that. So if Michigan wins, you can spin uh, George Jewett's little trophy to the Michigan side. If Northwestern wins, you can spin it around that way. And Chris Hinton talked about AJ Henning talk. So I was like, they they had to have given them a demo and explained mm-hmm. this. When you guys found out that you were playing for a trophy, were you like, you know, like what's that feel like? Most trophies are super old, like really old. And now all of a sudden you guys are a part of one that's starting like right now. That's it's history. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's awesome. You know, we're gonna be the first ones to get to play for this trophy. I mean, that's gonna go down in the record books. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I mean, I, it's amazing. I, you know, I can't wait to get out there Saturday and uh, play for this play for this trophy and br- and bring it home for the first time ever. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and and so I'm not going to ask you what the conversation was about because I know that's going to come out on the weekend. But we did see Desmond uh, share Desmond Howard share a photo. He was talking with you guys in the Michigan locker room. I'm curious, you know, I believe that was you and Hassan Haskins, correct? Talking to Desmond. I'm curious, was that what was that like talking to him? Was that one of those moments? I mean, you're in your sophomore year, you've gotten off to a hot start. You're sitting in the locker room. Desmond Howard sitting there asking you questions. Is that one of those moments where you're like, yeah? I'm here. Like, like it's, it's surreal kind of right. It, it, it was awesome. meeting Desmond just because like, he's just a cool dude. Like, you know, was that your first time? meeting? Uh, him? Yeah, that was my first time. Okay. And so, you know, getting down to, to sit with them and, you know, we just had like normal conversations. And so, you know, it was cool being able to pick his brain, listen to the stories that he had when he was here and, uh, you know, just pick up some gems from him on, on what he did when he was here and, uh, you know, I, I asked him about his husband campaign and, you know, just all those things. And so, uh, you know, just getting to talk to him was an awesome experience and um, it, it was good. Yeah. Was I mean, there, was I, there, was there a piece of like, was there one piece that came out of that conversation with him where you're like, damn, I'm taking that with me wherever I go. Was there something that came out of that conversation? You know, it, was, it was so many uh, things that I, I, I took with me. Um, Did he mention Ohio state? <laughs> he, probably, he probably did he probably did uh, but like i said we, we were just having like natural like we were just conversating like it was yeah it wasn't like an interview or anything we were just having conversation it, it was awesome that's pretty cool i it's funny story when michigan switched over to the jordan brand they did this huge midnight release downtown they closed off the street they did a thing at the m den i was the media so i got to go i was inside there checking stuff out and i literally turned around and bumped like almost hit faces with Desmond Howard. And I was like, what the heck? Like, he's just in there walking around like shopping because nobody had seen any of that stuff first. But yeah, he's got that. He's he's obviously got that smile that lights up the room. He's had that since he was at Michigan. Always laughing, always having a good time. Uh, I, I can't imagine what that would have been like sitting in the locker room with him talking about it. Yeah. I, I, wonder, I wonder if as you get ready to go into this second half of the season, you're talking to Desmond Howard. You guys are ranked in the top 10. You've, you're having a lot of individual success. The team is is gelling and getting along. I, I don't know how you can quantify this or how you can put it into words, but where is the confidence? You're 6-0, half the season's behind you. I think everybody on the team would agree the toughest games are still coming. No, where's, your, where's your confidence level going into the second half of the season? I mean, I think our confidence is, like, through the roof. You know, I, I think we believe in each other. We believe in, uh, you know, the coaches. Um, we believe in our preparation. And we believe in our capability to win, and and we want to win, and and we tell each other that all the time. Like you know, just stick together. Let's work on uh, getting one percent better every day, and you know, let's look past. Let's look past Ohio State. You know, let's look at the national championship because if we get to the national championship, we obviously will beat Penn State. I mean Ohio State. So, you know, let, let, let's look further. You know, why why set a goal on just one one game? You know, let's let's look to the let's go all the way, you know, and so uh, that's what, you know, I want my guys to believe in, you know, just sticking together. Let's, let's go all the way. You know, why, why settle? Let's, let's just win it all. Well, with, with that being said, the confidence and the message and the things that you guys are saying earlier today for the media availability, Jim Harbaugh said something that maybe, you know, before the season or depending on how things are going, I might've had a little bit of, eh, that's just lip service. But he said today, 
that you guys came back on Sunday. I think he said you had Friday and Saturday off, and then mm-hmm. you came back on Sunday and had the best practice he's ever seen after a bye week or a, a two-day break or whatever you want to call it. And then I was talking to you about before we went live, and you kind of started smirking. You're like, man, it was so noticeable. What what was going on on Sunday that just felt maybe a little different, even for a guy like Jim Harbaugh who's done football his whole life? I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is. Might have been the night practice, might have been the weather, but I honestly I think it was just you know guys coming back, you know, just ready to get, get this next six games on the road, you know, because the the future is so bright, and so I think the guys were just ready to come back. Uh, everyone was energized, everyone, you know, was flying around, and sometimes that's what that's what some guys need, you know, take take a week off, not 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 a whole week, take two days off, you know. Some guys went home, uh, and then come back, and, and they're ready to go. And so uh, that's what that's what I felt for my guys. Uh, it, w- it was a great practice, I tell you that. Um, and to, I mean, today was a great practice. Last Thursday was a great practice, but Sunday, Sunday was a great practice. So uh, I mean, we, we were sharp. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Do you, do you want to go to the fan questions, or do you have some more over there, Brandon? Um, we can look back at what some of the fans. Most I'm telling you, man, Blake is he, he's a regular here now. People aren't asking questions; they just want to talk to him. <laughs> they feel like they know Blake at this point. Blake, <laughs> man, we got blue, blue. Actually, this this is a good question. I'll, I'll throw this one up there. Um, so you had a couple of days off, and you said you stuck around Ann Arbor. How much football hmm. did you watch, or did you try to unplug? Like, what was your what were your two days off like? Uh, so Saturday, um, I go to this spot. It's like I guess it's on the river. Uh, I went there in the morning, sat under the bridge by myself, you know, just clear my mind, just think, think about life, think how blessed I am. Um, after I did that, went and got a halt from a smoothie king, <laughs> came back, uh, and I just watched football. You know, I watched the uh, Michigan State-Indiana game. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, we got to play both of them, so, you know, I was watching them. Um, I watched North- Northwestern Rutgers. I was flipping back and forth. Yeah, hey, uh, what else I do? I mean, uh, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings that night. I watched the Oklahoma game. Um, that's that's pretty much it. You know, that's that's all I really did. I just relaxed, didn't do too much. I hit some push-ups and sit-ups in my room. And, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> besides that, I was just chilling. Watch some film. That's about it. Um, I'm not going to ask you to, I'm not going to ask you to let the whole cat out of the bag. No pun intended right there. But now that you've got the, you did the corn. You did the corn thing. I think people are going to be like, "All right, Blake's going to have to have something for every opponent." Now I don't know if it's like a cat print, and then you break the arm, or like I don't know. I, I don't know what you're going to do. Somebody, somebody asked, <clears throat> excuse me, specifically about Michigan State, but I'll just, I'll just expand it to the whole thing. Is this something you're now? thinking about every week that you've got to have a team specific celebration lined up for a touchdown. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll I don't see. know. Hard, the hard hitting questions. Like, I don't know. If, <laughs> you know, if you want to do like the cat taking a, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's hard enough. That's that might not be hard. Who was, enough. That? Who was that dude? Was it, was it Ole Miss where he went, he went in the end zone and he went down on all fours and like lifted his leg. Do you remember that? Who was that? Somebody said like a dog, like a dog. Pee. Yeah, somebody I'm pretty sure that was Ole Miss. Yeah, it was in Georgia Ole Miss, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if you want to do that. I'm pretty we'll, sure that guy got. No, trouble. no, 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 no. We don't we'll, want to do that. We'll, uh, we'll see. I'll probably have something. Maybe cat <laughs> in the litter box. I don't know. Man. I'm just, I'm just being dumb at this point. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll probably have something. You know, I don't know if it's going to be everything, but. 
I'm gonna have uh, something in there. Something let's in throw there. The, let's throw this one up there because Michigan fans love the dude, man. And I know we've talked about Coach Hart a lot and and what he meant as a player. But at the halfway point now, you've got six games under your belt of being coached by uh, coached by Mike Hart. Just you know, throw a couple things out there, maybe that have stuck out through the first half of the season. Things that he's really impacted you with. Things that make you feel like, damn, I got I got a good one, man. I got a good coach right here. Uh, really, just the, the confidence he has in, in us backs. Um, you know, I, I love being in a facility with, with Coach Hart being my coach, just because I know I'm gonna get better. Uh, I know I have someone I can go to. Um, you know, he he just gives us so many skill sets to work with. You know, whether it be running. What, what are you looking for, you know, uh, pass pro? Um, and then mid-game, you know, he he draws stuff up on the board and, and tells us, like, Whoop. hey, they didn't show this blitz during the week, but they're showing us now. So, like, just being able to, to do things on the go, I mean, that, that's what I really appreciate about, appreciate about him because he just helps our game so much more by just, like, helping our IQ. And so, you know, I, I appreciate Coach Hart. You know, he, he's a good guy. I love the dude. Um and it's, it's been great. It's been, I, I love uh, being a player for him. So we got a question. I already know what the answer is going to be. It's the same answer from every player you ask this to. But Matthew William Beck, I'm going to say his name first before I throw the question up there. I, I know what he's going to say. He wants to know who is the fastest player on the team. Um, me. <laughs> but, uh, All right. We, we, All right. Let's take Blake Corum out of the discussion. You're not on the roster right now. Who's the fastest guy on the team? Because there are some speedy dudes on this. No, nah, no. Nah, we we have some fast guys. Uh, I, I won't. I won't say I'm the fastest actually. Um, Iman Dennis. Um, okay. Yeah, I think he's played uh, corner at Gunner a little bit. Mm-hmm. Fast. He's probably the fastest on the team by. Uh, I wouldn't say by far, but he's the fastest on the team. Um, and then you know you have some other fast guys uh, besides myself, like AJ Henning, um, yeah. Dax Hill, he's fast. Uh, Roman Wilson, fast. Um, we have some fast guys, and so but I I would say Iman's the uh, the fastest, but the second fastest, I don't know. We're gonna have to race for that. That's interesting. <laughs> I, he's not a name. That, like, yeah. He's not a name that gets brought up a lot. He hasn't played a ton, but I mean, if he's got he's got speed, speed, speed. No, no. So yeah, I'm also curious. I want to ask this because. Before the season had started, I would have never billed this guy as one of the fastest players on the team. But Cornelius Johnson hit that 22-mile-an-hour mark on that long touchdown. He's a long strider. He's a bigger dude. I mean, is that something that shows up? Or is it like, was that even maybe, I don't know if you guys even knew that or not, but the analytics afterwards said he's one of like, I think, five or six players the whole season who have hit that speed. So yeah. obviously, obviously he can go too. Yeah, no, CJ can go too. You know, like I said, I guess his long strides and he can go. I, I remember him catching that pass, and uh, he was gone. So, uh, yeah, he has some speed, too. We have some fast guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think that's about about it, Chris. We'll throw this one out there. And, I, you know, not to disparage anybody or, or out anybody, but do you do you have a real close buddy on the team? Like, who's someone you tend to link up with more than anybody else? I know you guys are all close, and you all hang out. Well, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I love all the guys on the team. You know, I'm really close with everyone just because type of you know, I like saying what's up to everyone. You know, I want to be close with everyone. But uh, you know, Nikai Hill Green went to high school with me. Sure. That's my guy. You know, I I got his back no matter what. And Makari Page. You know, we are we're always chilling between me, Makari, and Nikai. Those are the guys I, I hang out with the most. But like I said, I'm I'm close with everyone. Um, Absolutely. This is an easy one. I'm not sure why the Lone Wolf wants to know this. That's his username. Uh, Blake Corm. What's your favorite color? Gosh, I don't really have one. Really. Uh, <laughs> 
Space, space, space. Blue. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with the maze blue, right? That's so funny. I don't, I'm just so much of this stuff is just showing love. I mean, everybody's yeah. talking about Northwestern. People are already starting to talk Keep about right. Keep Ball and Blake. I mean, it's it's all out there. All right, we're getting close, Chris. We got just a few minutes left here with Blake, and you have your Blake is excited about this. We broke this down, Chris. Do you want to give everybody listening a quick, quick rundown of what we are about to witness right here? All right, so basically. Here's here's how it's going to go. Blake was, I don't know if you guys watching remember, but Blake was the first contestant on Football Feud. We sort of tried it out with him. It worked. We did more. Play. Blake, I don't know if you know, but you tumbled down the leaderboard after you came <laughs> yeah, up. You're yeah. actually in last. Everybody else outperformed you there. So there's more pressure on this one here. But basically, here's what we're going to do. The last time or one of the last times Blake was on our show, he talked about how he likes love music. He enjoys a little bit of love music after the show or after the game. So we're going to test his love music knowledge, but we're also going to add a little bit of spice to it. So out of the viewers out there, before we got on, I asked somebody to, um, I asked if, if anybody wanted a chance to win a hundred dollar visa gift card, there were a bunch of responses. I'm going to pick one out. Austin Shively. If that is your name, Austin Shively, you can win a hundred dollar gift card and here's how you're going to do it. We're going to play five love songs. We're going to stop the love song at a certain spot and Blake's going to have to pick up and at least give us enough lyric to know that he knows the rest of the song. Does that make sense? Did I, did I describe that in the I right think way? So. It's, people have seen this type of thing before. They've seen you, it. Play the yeah, song, it's not new. you stop the music. Blake has to continue. Blake, can you sing? How's your he, Well, well, here's the, th if, if Blake is a certified lover boy, he oh knows this, he knows these songs. You can't be a real player without what, what knowing these. What if I just give y'all the name of the song? Can I do that to you? Well, no. You don't, let's, you don't have to sing, but you're. Listen, I'm telling you, the way that this is set up, the music's gonna cut out, and you're you're gonna be compelled to say the next word. I'm, right, just, right, I'm right. just saying, no, you, know, you gotta. You don't gotta sing it. Just say it. We gotta just yeah. know that you know. All right. All right. I, I was right, happy using a little I'll bit. If you break, if you break into song, I won't be mad about it. But Austin Shively, Austin Shively, a hundred dollars is on the line here. Blake, you gotta get three out of five. We trust okay, you. Okay. Get three out of five. Here we go. You ready? Like Here we go. The first one. You ready? I'm ready. Here we go. I submit to your demands. I will do anything. Girl, you need only Is that boys the man? It, it is. is boys the man. What comes next? What do they say? Uh, uh, <laughs> is that I don't know the words. Isn't that a stamp? Brandon, Brandon, do we got to do it? Make love to you. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Blake. Come on. Man. Man. I know this. I know this. We I had that. Uh, we That's had one that of the as I thought you were gonna get. Oh man. Uh, this is now I'm now I'm nervous. Now I'm nervous. All right, here we I'm go. Not here. Right, let's go. Cause I stand beside you through the years. You'll only cry those happy. Next one. <laughs> I told you, man. He's too young for these songs, man. He's too young for these songs. All right, let's keep them rolling. Let's keep them. You got to get the rest of these. You got to get the, you gotta get the I, I, last I three. Get the rest for Austin. Come on, right, Come on Austin. Right, Austin, don't take food off of that man's table. Then let me show you now that I'm for real. 
If all things in time, time will reveal. Yeah. Hello. Oh my goodness. My bad, Austin. I apologize. This certified lover boy status is about to be revoked. All right, man. Let's finish it out. Let's finish it. All right, we got out. a couple more. There's one I out I gotta get one. I gotta get one. I know in my heart, babe, our love will never die. No, you no. be a part of me. Oh man, I'm tired. Blake is all right. Oh, okay, all right. Here we go, Blake. Here we go. Listen, we're down. There's to, no, there's no way he's getting this. Right, down to song you. number five. He said Listen, no way. No way. If you don't, if you don't get this way, I just. I don't even know that he can stay in Ann Arbor. But I will say, I will say, I don't, I don't want you to get this one. Personally. We'll see it. Let's go. Roll it. Roll it. Roll it. Roll it. This is the song they play in the stadium. <laughs> it is. It is. I know. I know. The next word. What's the next word? The next word. I don't word. know. I just hear everyone in the stadium singing. <laughs> Where's the where's the wait? We hit the soundboard there. Would you? We need some booze. We need the want want. We need the we need it all. Hey, hey, listen. Next time I come on, let's do let's do country. Okay, fair enough. Okay, all right. I see when you said when you said love music, I was like, you know what? Listen, listen. Blake really is. If he's a real one, he knows these. Now I know the song. I just don't know word for word. But listen. We can play old country music. I'll nail it. <laughs> All right. All right. Fair go. enough. Let's fair make enough. Blake. Let's make Blake feel a little bit better on his way out here, because somebody <laughs> somebody threw this out there after he missed the first two or three. Blake just knows how to carry the rock. That's all he Give does. Give him the rock. Yeah, I, I appreciate he just, it. He Let him get in the end face zone. Mask, carries the ball. Let him get in the end zone. Also, <laughs> Dad says, "Give him big green tractor one time. He'll be down." With that. <laughs> hey, hey, Dad, you, hey, Dad, you would have got these songs. Listen, I see. Like, I, I told I Brandon that before we got on. I guarantee you're dead. Hey, James, do you know? Do you know the songs that we just came up? He'll say he knows. I don't think. Blake, you can't see the comments, but everybody was filling the lyrics in. I'm talking about. <laughs> but listen, we'll try to hook you up a little bit better. Or less, I don't want anybody to go zero for five. I mean, no, I, no, no, no. I got. I got to do better. That's on me. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta do a better job. I guess I gotta listen to love music a little more. <laughs> listen, I I think we could. Blake, what year were you born? Say that one more time. I think you said it before. I'm born in 2000. So, I'm pretty sure at least a few of those were that's, before that. That's when I was bump, dude. Hey, I, that's when I was bumping and grinding to this music was in that's 2000. Right, so I guess that's right, man. Yeah, James, Mr. Corum, he says, "Oh, I I know those songs. I know those." Yeah, songs. talk to your dad about him. He knows. He'll get you right. Blake, <laughs> thanks so much for being a good sport, man. It's always fun having you on. Best of luck the rest of the way. Yeah, 6-0, top 10 team, Blake Corum, chasing that 1,000-yard mark. He says he's going to yeah, get man. it before the end of the season. Thank you so much it, for the time, man. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Go Blue. Thank you. All right. Blue. There you have it. Man, That I, look, I know he didn't do real well, but that was still – I still found that, that very, very entertaining. And it was I tell you, you know, the country saw like I, I there was a part of me that thought maybe we should go country because of his blue collar background. I know he listens to that stuff, but 
I mean, I figured we gave him some layups there. You know, Mariah, Mariah, come on, boys. I didn't think I didn't think he'd get Mariah. I wasn't real sure he would get the all for one because of where you stopped it. I felt like that was a pretty specific lyric, but I thought for sure he would get boys to men. That's a that's a timeless banger right there. And then right. Mr. Brightside, I mean, if you ask this, if you ask certain people, those guys have that imprinted on their brain. Uh, you didn't even know the lyrics. He's like, is that the song they play in the stadium? I mean, wait a on. minute, wait a minute, wait. They play that in the stadium, right? All right, there you go. Well, still really good stuff. That was fun. Uh, appreciate you for putting that together. Blake might not be a big fan of it, but I <laughs> personally enjoyed that quite a bit. All right, let's finish up here. The last half of the pod with uh, some some actual stuff going on that happened today. The first one being uh, Michigan picked up a commitment from Damani Dent, 2021, uh, 2022 safety out of Florida, Terry Parker High School down in Jacksonville. He goes about 6'1", 190, um, was committed to Akron. I didn't even know that. You actually tipped me off on that. Was committed to Akron until August, picked Michigan over Oregon and Pittsburgh, who are both having really good years as well. Um but I like this kid. I watched his tape. He kind of looks like a mix between like a Dax Hill type of safety and an RJ Moten. He's a little bit bigger than Dax, a little bit longer, has that kind of – he just looks like someone took Dax and kind of like stretched him out a little bit. That's kind of what he looks like. Similar build, long-rangey long arms, but has the size and a little bit more of the strength and the power of like an RJ Moten who's more of that strong safety type. But um, I think this is a really good pickup. I actually like him on tape quite a bit, and I think these kind of guys you can – you can really mold into something back there. And I think he's got some position versatility too. He can cover, he can play both safety spots. You might even be able to put him down in the box a little bit. So I think this is a good commitment. I don't know. You were, you actually jumped on it because uh, the press conference was earlier today. It was at 11. I think I would have just caught it if uh, the press conference had been at noon, but you threw something up quick on him. I mean, initial thoughts on a kid that, uh, has has blown up a little bit here as of yeah. late. Obviously, decommitted from Akron and now is committed to Michigan. That's kind of yeah. a big change. Well, I think he's one of those guys who, who obviously he wasn't very highly recruited, um, committed to Akron, but then I think he went to some camps and he started to kind of show out a little bit and, and people took note. Um, I think Oregon, you know, noticed him. Obviously, Oregon was in his final three. Pitt was in his final three. But I think, you know, if you listen to what he said about you know, what Michigan had to offer between the academics, you know, the, 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 obviously the football program and everything that comes along with that. It was just, it was, it was too good to pass up. And so you're right. He's one of those guys that it seems like you can mold into, you know, a big time player. We'll see it's early. It's a 2022 class, but it's always good when you're adding pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. And this was a guy that Michigan targeted. I mean, you know, you do have the star watchers out there a little bit who are going to, you know, take a dump all over anyone who's not a five star, but I, you can't you can't really do that. Yes, you have to land the coveted big fish that everybody wants. You do. I mean, it's it's not a secret why the same five or six teams are in the playoff every year because they recruit better than everybody. But you also have to have some guys like this, some high upside guys, versatile guys. It's always good to go outside of the footprint a little bit and land someone yeah. down in Florida, plant some flags. So I like this commitment. I mean, I've you know, <clears throat> the Michigan has some big fish still on the line. I wouldn't quite call Damani Dent that, but the staff liked him. They targeted him, and they they went toe to toe with Oregon, for instance, which is you know is as uh, as high profile of a program in the country. And then Pitt, who's really riding a wave right now and playing really well, so it, it's a nice pickup. And I do like his tape. I like his tape quite a bit. He's long. He can run. He plays offense. He plays defense. He's 
he's a he's a nice piece that you can work with. And again, he's still a year away, so you, you figure out what he's good at. Yeah, probably be north of 200 pounds by the time he gets to campus, and you really find a spot for him. Um, I like I like the get I like the get of Damani Dent from down in Jacksonville. Uh, the other bit of news from today was the kickoff time for the Spartans. Noon. Ooh. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, here's the deal. We were talking. Actually, we forgot to ask Blake about this. But that's probably okay. Let him focus on this week. It's always a little weird. Like I always want to ask the players about, like, what yeah. about next week? What about the big well, game? We talked. We talked a little bit behind before. You know, before yeah, we went before, live, yeah, before we went live, and I think there's a couple different ways to look at this noon kickoff. For one, I. Late night kickoffs as a media person kind of blow. You don't get out of there until two or three o'clock in the morning. It's just a grind. It's a long day. You're waiting around for the game. I know a lot of people don't like that because Michigan plays early in the day so often that when they don't, it's like, God, what am I going to do all day? I just want to watch the Michigan game and you got to wait. Um, Spend time with I, your family. I mean, what the who's doing that? Um, but the the other angle that I find interesting is this is probably better for Michigan. I mean, now, like, you know, listen, it's going to be a huge game. They're going to be undefeated. They're top 10. They're in-state hated rival. It's going to be a huge game regardless of when or where they kick this thing off. But if you don't know or think that there's a slight energy change between like a 7 or 8 o'clock kickoff and a noon kickoff, then I I can't help you because there clearly is. Um, I mean, dude, that game against Washington earlier this year, uh, week two, if that game had been a noon kickoff, it would have felt nothing like it did. It's it's not night. even the same game. I don't even it's know if the result close. is the same. Maybe. I mean, maybe. But so I think I think there's a couple different ways to look at it. It's cool to know now what what to expect and what time the game is. And you can really start kind of planning for that day. And there's some really good football games on that day. But that one is as big as they've gotten in how many years you said since it's like not, not since the early, I think it was 64. I think was the last 64? time the two teams met while ranked in the top 10. And, and I get it. Like, you know, noon kick probably makes the most sense. The players don't have to wait around all day. I think from, from what we learned from Blake, like he'd rather just get the game, like get going, you know, you don't want to kind of sit around all day. And, and you're right that the night game adds to, the tall task that Michigan already has going into mm-hmm. East Lansing, but I've kind of gone back and forth with people on social media a little bit about this throughout the day. And I still prefer that. I like that. I want like if Michigan, this is where I stand. If Michigan is the team that they need to be to get to where we all want them to go, then going to East Lansing under the lights in prime time is, is something that they should be able to take care of. They should be able to handle that. And so I want to see Michigan in those situations. I want to see Michigan in the toughest spots. I don't like the idea like, yeah, a noon game is better, but you know what's even better than that if half of their roster is injured. So I, you know, give me the primetime matchup. Give me the hype. Give me the war. Forget all the alcohol. Like, I, I don't understand this whole like, well, people are going to drink all day and it's going to get that happens everywhere. Have you seen SEC football when <laughs> rivalries happen at night? Like, it, it can happen here. We're f- like, people will be fine. Like, yes, there will be fights. There will be arguments. There'll be stupid drunk people, but we can have a night game here. And I felt like this game, potentially two top 10 teams in the same state with this rivalry deserve the lights. They deserve college game day. And, you know, unfortunately it didn't happen. Yeah, they didn't. And, you know, we'll see. It's, it's a TV thing. Certainly there's TV revenue. Uh, the game is on Fox. They have their big noon kickoff. That's, that's their platform. That's their big thing. And so having Michigan, you know, having Michigan on on at that time, that you know, that's that's big for TV. It's going to be a huge, huge, massively watched game. Um, 
I would venture to say that it's watched. It's going to be watched more than well, maybe not noon versus seven o'clock. A pretty big deal, but it's going to rival Penn State, Ohio State, which is played later that night. I mean, dude, they're top ten undefeated yeah, teams, presumably, presumably, but you know, it's going to be huge. So, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I mean, I'm excited for it regardless. We're going up there. It's going to be really fun to watch. Obviously, Michigan certainly has their hands full and. Playing at night probably would have been a little bit more in that in those full hands. So yeah. I do think it's a slight advantage uh, for Michigan that the game is being played at noon. But at the end of the day, this game is always whatever. You just line up, you play it, and you see what happens. Because there have been, you know, teams from Michigan State that didn't belong on the field with Michigan like last year, and they win. And so in in Ann Arbor, so obviously. Yeah. You just line it up and you play it. It doesn't really matter when and where. It's going to be a, a massive game, and obviously the way the seasons have gone so far, that that's the biggest deal. Michigan State already sitting at seven and zero, waiting for Michigan to get there. Likely both teams seven and zero when they square off in East Lansing next week at noon. So there you go. Uh, real quick, which which of our for our West Coast fans is nine a.m. Jeez, man, that's. <laughs> Um, real quick for the lone wolf here, since he's asking, I uh, threw that up when I was talking about Damani Dent. Latest on Deion Walker is that he didn't love the way that things went down with uh, Mario Eugenio. They, the two had grown really, really close. Um, it looked like they were going to maybe commit together and play together at Michigan. Yeah. Things kind of fell apart for various reasons on both sides of the coin for Eugenio. He decommitted, and now Walker's not not really loving that. He didn't like how things went. Michigan also has two defensive tackles already committed in Mason Graham and Kenneth Walker. So, you know, I mean, I think they would still take a kid like Deion Walker, the big in-state product from Cast Tech. He's all of, I mean, dude, we saw him in person at a camp early this summer. Big kids, dude, yeah. Six, yeah. seven, three forty. I mean, and all of that. So you take a kid like that and he does have some versatility. You might think he could play offense and he, he might be able to. But yeah, that that situation with Eugenio didn't didn't go a long way with Walker. So we'll, we'll see. He was already you know, he was high on Missouri. He's he likes Kentucky. He was high on Michigan State. So he's got some other decent options. And at this point, I I would I would bet that he doesn't pick Michigan earlier in the year. I thought they were the leader. I thought they would grab him. Now with the way things have played out with other D tackles and and his boy, um, I I don't know. It doesn't look like it. I think he's going to end up somewhere else. So. There you go. That's the latest on Dan Walker. Now things can change. It's recruiting. Things are very fluid, but I mean, it's we're getting into late October here. That means yeah. the early signing window is not that far away, less than two months away at this point, or right around two months. So yeah, kids are going to be making decisions um, more often or more recently here uh, than than in the past. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I would put. I would put money on Deion Walker ending up somewhere else at this point. All right. You ready to wrap it up with burning questions, Chris? Let's do it. I'm getting a little chilly down here. Let's uh let's light it up. Let's warm, let's warm the cockles. Up. Let's warm up some cockles with a heart. Let's warm up some cockles, bro. Let's warm them up. Hey Chris, real quick. You addicted to sex? A sex addiction or something? Yes. Got that? Does anybody not have an addiction to sex? Right. I mean, who that's is a weird uh, that's a weird everybody's I'm addicted to oxygen too. Yikes. I'm addicted to All water. Right, you want to All start? Right. You want me yeah. to? Let me start us off. All right, Brandon. Number one, Michigan is the number six team in the country according to the AP poll. But I'm I'm curious, Brandon. Do you agree or disagree? Is Michigan the number six team in the country? I I actually do agree. I mean, and, it, and it's it's double sided. It's what Michigan's been able to do. I mean, I said this on our last podcast. Like Michigan certainly has its toughest opponents coming, but they've 
they've handled everyone they've played. And not every team can say that. And if it was that easy to do, then there'd be a lot more undefeated teams right now, but there's not. So, yeah, they've earned the spot. When you look ahead of them, I think there's only two teams that are on a completely different tier, and that's Alabama and, and Georgia. Yeah. I'm starting to think Ohio State is also approaching that tier. But beyond beyond those two to three teams, Michigan's right there with everybody else. So, yeah, I think number six is fine. We did the, you know, we kind of went through the list. Before. We did, yeah. 50 50 here, 50 50 there. There's only a couple teams where I'm thinking, like, yeah, Michigan would really have trouble there. And, you know, Michigan sitting at number six, I'm fine with it. Fine, completely fine with it. Yeah, I mean, here's your top five number one, Georgia, number two, Cincy, number three, Oklahoma, number four, Alabama, number five, Ohio State. Out of those four, you're right, Alabama, Georgia. So, so yes, it will all shake itself out. But, 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 but the the point overall is that Michigan is a legit top ten team. Six weeks into the season, it's not like a, like oh they're just in the poll, but they're you know the, the same way that a lot of people viewed Iowa, right? Like they knew once Iowa got in front of a a real opponent that they were going to struggle a little bit. Michigan doesn't look like that team. They look like a legitimate top five team. Yeah, I'm, I'm and I'm getting a horrible echo in my headphones. I know. So I don't know if it's if it's you or if it's me, but somebody somebody they just commented that you. there's an echo. So I don't who's echoing. They said it's you. It's Chris me. has the echo. Yep. I'm gonna come out and come back in. All right. Uh, so I'll I'll keep talking about the the ranking again real quick. And and like honestly, it doesn't really matter that that much right now. Obviously, in a week or two at week eight when the playoff committee. Uh, gets together and puts together the first uh, CFP rankings. That's that's when it really matters. And I expect, I mean, Michigan's going to be, if they can beat Michigan State, certainly they will be freaking right there for the yeah. playoff picture. I mean, it is not that far away. Week eight, when the first playoff r- rankings come out, dude, that game against Michigan State is so freaking big. It's 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 going to be incredible. I'm so excited. I know I know we got to get through Northwestern first, and we got that to focus on this week, but. I, it is unbelievable how that game is shaping up in East Lansing. Like, damn, dude, I'm I'm excited. Can't lose. Cannot <laughs> lose that game. Can't lose. All right, my question is, please give Cade McNamara a letter grade through six games, Mr. Teach. Give Cade McNamara a letter grade through six games. A B minus. I give him – yeah, I give him a B minus because – I know he gets a lot of shit from guys like us because we're like, they got to do more. I don't know that Cade's the guy, but I think part of that is them not asking him to do a lot also. So I think based on what he's been asked to do for the most part, he's done it. He's gotten him to a six and O record. His numbers are okay. He's not turning the ball over solid B minus. I might even be willing to tick that up to a B. Yeah. I'm going B minus. I'm going B minus. And I think that's fair. Um, You know, I mean, Record, that's an A. That's a that's a plus. I mean, his record as the starting quarterback this year, that's an A plus. His numbers, eh, that's probably down in like the C range or lower. I mean, his numbers are not good. I mean, they're they're not. Certain parts of his numbers are okay, taking care of the ball, not fumbling, not being sacked. But like the actual production of the offense and his passing yards and touchdowns and percentage, it's not good. Yeah. I mean Numbers five, are five touchdowns through six games, right? Numbers don't lie, man. They're there for a reason. But but to your point, some of that is because of what he's been asked to do, especially for the first three weeks. There's no doubt about it. He was yeah. not asked to throw the ball, so he's not going to have big numbers. But even when he was asked to throw the ball, 
you know, his percentage wasn't very good. And he, he, he wasn't hitting receivers where he needed to hit them. And he's, he's left some, to take words out of Jim Harbaugh's mouth today, he left some meat on the bone. He talked about that. He said, we have left some meat on the bone on offense here and there. And I think that's a fair assessment. So to put him in the B, B minus range, I, I don't know how anybody could be really upset with that. I, I just think that's a I think that's a fair assessment where he's at through six games. We're on me now, right? Correct. <laughs> One, two. Uh, here's the next question, Brandon. So obviously Michigan has looked solid through the first half of the season, six and oh, perfect record, yada, yada, yada. We've gone through it. But what is the one area outside of the passing attack that Michigan must improve for the second half of the season in order to get through undefeated and, and get to Indy. Man, where do they, where must they get better? I got it. The defense has been really good, but they need to take the ball away more. They need to force more turnovers. They need to, they need those splash plays on defense because it's been, it's been a lot of bend don't break, which is good in a lot of instances, but it's not great. And I think the offenses or the defense has been, I'll say slightly, I'll say a decent bit better than I thought it would be under first year defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, but I think it could be a little bit more explosive. I think the DBs could make some plays on the ball a little bit more often. And I, I think just taking the ball away from the other team is such, it's such a huge momentum play in college football that it literally, I mean, it literally changes the whole game, like one big play. And if that play immediately turns into points like a scoop and score or a pick six or getting the ball right inside the red zone, it's huge, and they just haven't really done that that much. And I think as they get into the real meat of the Big Ten schedule and start facing some of these better teams, you got to do that. You got to win the turnover battle, and you got to make those turnovers. You not only got to get them, you got to make them count. And I just don't yeah. know if they've done that very well through six games. Uh, that is a valid point. I, I'm actually tempted to jump on back and piggyback on that, but I'm still going to go with the red zone offense. I just want to see a little bit more creativity out of Michigan when they get down near the red zone. I feel like there, there is just something happens when Michigan gets in the red zone where like all creativity goes out the window. And I just don't understand why that's the case. We see a little bit of it in the game from Josh Gaddis, but again, in the red zone, they just leave a lot to be um, a lot to be desired. So I would like to see them get a little bit more creative, get guys like Blake Corm out on the edge, stop trying to hammer the ball up the middle, get creative, put points on the board because you're right, Brandon, not only are they going to need to make the turnovers count, but when they get in the red zone, Settling for Jake Moody field goals against teams like Ohio State and Michigan State is going to come back to bite you in the ass. They got to put it in the end zone. Kind of goes hand. I mean, not, you know, they haven't forced a ton of turnovers this year, but it kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm saying. I mean, they recover the muff punt down in there. They get a fumble recovery. They get a, yeah. you know, um, the pick from Jamon Green earlier this year. I can't remember if they scored a touchdown on that play, but like the difference between him, like going out at the three and just getting, getting in the damn end zone on a pick, like, they're just huge. Those are huge, huge plays that can literally shift the whole game and, and get you a win. I mean, it hasn't mattered to this point, but it will. It absolutely will. And so I think yeah, both yeah. of those are, are solid answers. All right, I want to give you this one. Might take a second for you to process and think about an answer. And I don't want this to come off as like taking a crap on this player, but who is a player that hasn't shown up like you thought they might? That might be looking at their second half of the season thinking like, I got to do better, man. I got, I got to be better. I love the way that this works with us when we're doing these questions. Cause this All leads right. in next to what I got. So to answer your question, what was the question again? 
who is a player that hasn't shown up as much as you thought they would through six games? I mean, see, that's difficult for me because I would say it's it's uh, Cornelius Johnson. But okay. he, he can only do not on him, as much right. as he can do when he gets the ball. So I expected Cornelius Johnson out of all the wide receivers. We knew what Ronnie Bell was. You obviously expected him to take a bit of a step forward. But I thought Cornelius Johnson was going to be the one guy who really stepped in to fill that void left by Nico Collins, be that big body receiver that could go down the field, get up and get those 50-50 balls. And he just hasn't been targeted all that much. So I, I expected more out of Cornelius, but I – I do want to say that I don't put the lack of production on Cornelius. He's just, you know, he's making the most of the opportunities he gets. He just needs more opportunities. So for me, it's actually, I, I came up with this question on my own. And for like a second, I was like, ah, I was kind of struggling with it. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's Eric all. I mean, Eric all is the kid that Jim Harbaugh said might be the best tight end to ever play at Michigan. Right. He's got 11 catches in six games. And 120 yards. I mean, like, he's just not that involved in what they're doing. And, again, it's it's kind of doubled with what you're saying. He hasn't had a lot of targets. He hasn't been, you know, a focal point of the offense. And, I mean, it's kind of going across the board with anybody who catches a pass. I mean, we've right. you know we've talked about the numbers. Like, until Roman Wilson had his six-catch game, like two or three was the high watermark for the whole season. Right. And so I think a lot of these guys who – I think have ability like Eric all was a jumbo wide receiver, highly athletic tight end who should be able to put a lot of pressure on defenses up the seam and, you know, deep outs and things like that. He's six, four just hasn't done a whole lot. And when you hear, when you hear Jim Harbaugh say something like he might be the best tight end to ever play at Michigan, like there been some pretty good ones and he just, he just hasn't really been that involved. So that was the answer that I came to. But again, it is, it's, it's kind of like what you said with Cornelius Johnson. It's like, I mean, he can't throw himself the ball. Yeah. He's not calling passing plays. So I think the wide receivers and pass catchers in general kind of fall into that into, into that category. But for me, with with Nick Eubanks gone, I thought Eric All was like tight end one, like easy, yeah. easy. And, you know, you've got you've got like Joel Honickford playing like almost as many snaps as Eric All. I mean, it's I don't know. So that's that's where I would go. So my question is kind of along the same lines as what you had there. What, or I'm sorry, who has been the most underrated player from the first half of the season? So you asked who hasn't lived up quite to the hype of what I would expect. Who's a guy who's done a lot, but isn't necessarily getting the recognition they deserve. It's easy for me. It's Andrew Vistardis. It's Andrew Vistardis, man. The starting center, former walk-on. They call him Gramps. All the guys love him. You see him all game long. He's pointing and barking and doing. He just he he's. You can ask the offensive linemen. They he they just say he's got it. He's got it between the ears better than they they can even understand. And I like, it's one of those things where you know the media people and the fans like we don't we don't know we don't see what goes into it what he's doing on a day to day basis to make that offensive line group good. But they've been good. They haven't given up sacks. They've allowed the running game to get going. And he's the he's the battery man. He gets it yeah. going. Also, this is a very underrated thing because, and it's underrated because. Say, let me say this: it's undervalued because until something goes bad, you don't even pay attention to it. Snap issues. Yeah, zero, zero. Like some teams struggle with that every week, and it you like you like I said, you don't even think about it. Like he's just he's just in there. 
Like he could walk down the streets of Ann Arbor and nobody would even know who he was. But he is yeah. he is holding that O line together and he's been really, really good. And before the season started, I you know, we heard his name a lot. And I'm like, man, like really? Like put Zinner there. That's your big dog, man. Put Zinner there. Get one of those other scholarship guys out there and shame on me, man, because he's been really good and the other offensive linemen love that dude and they look up to him. So I think he's been I think he's been huge for that group and Sharon Moore's first season as the O line coach. Yeah, I mean that that's a good pick. And for me, it's Mozzie Smith. I mean, we you know, we've watched him kind of waiting to see when is he gonna come into his own, when is he gonna finally, you know, get on the field. If you watched him in high school, you knew he was talented, but you knew also, I think to your to your point, that he would take some plays off and you kind of just wondered, you know, when is he gonna put it all together? We had him on the show. He said he he did a lot in terms of his diet and his health and the way his body, you know, the way his body works now and he is a crucial piece on that defensive line. Him and Chris Hinton, I don't think either one of those guys get the love that that they deserve, but Michigan has not allowed big plays up the middle. Those guys are holding it down. I know that there's a lot of other players there, but for me, it's Mozzie Smith. It's the fact that he is now playing a critical role on that defensive line. You've sort of been waiting to see it happen. It's finally happening this year. I like it. I actually was thinking for a second – both of those guys, Mozzie yeah. Smith and Chris Hinton, holding down the middle of that defense in, in McDonald's new defense, and they've been good. They've been really good, and that leads its way perfectly into my Ooh. next question. It's a little tricky because I'm asking you for three, but you're a smart dude. You're you're quick on your feet. I, I think am. You get there. Give me three words, three words to describe Mike McDonald and or his defense through six games. Three words that when I say Mike McDonald, Michigan's defense, you automatically view. You automatically envision these three words. Consistent, reliable, violent. Okay. So uh, so, okay. so consistently, I think you can count on Michigan. They don't seem to have these lapses during the game where they completely like take take the defensive series off and give up big points or, 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 or um, give up big plays, make stupid plays. They seem to have eliminated that sort of thing. Um, you know, the, the violence, watch, I don't know, sit back and watch Aiden Hutchinson play football and, and tell me that it doesn't look like a violent game out there. I don't remember what the third thing was that I said. I said consistency, violence, reliability, reliability. reliability. Uh, this defense has not let down the team yet. They, they, you said it. You said I think you said it earlier. It's the bend don't break sort of thing, and that's what they've been all year. They haven't given up the big play. They haven't cost Michigan a game uh, yet. Um, I don't know. We're going to find out a lot over the next six weeks about how good that defense really is. We've seen the same thing under Don Brown, right? Like they feast on the first five, six weeks of the season. Then the wheels really come off later in the year. So I'm going to reserve judgment, but so far so good, man. It looks like they're improved. And I think more importantly, the players are happier with this defensive scheme. I will say Ben don't break. I'm cheating a little bit. It's a phrase more than a word. You are cheating. But Ben don't break organized and together. I think okay. the fact that you've got Aiden Hutchinson up front, Josh Ross in the middle, and Brad Hawkins in the back creates an unbelievable sense of cohesion and communication and getting guys in the right spot pre-snap. I think that's huge. Like that's that's overlooked a lot in football is being in the right place at the right time before you snap the ball. So much happens when guys are a little bit confused and then the ball snapped and then oh shit, what do I do? Busted play. There's been like none of that, like yeah. virtually none of that. Maybe 
the pass to the tight end against Nebraska was probably the worst defensive play we've seen this year. And then, like, that's it. There is there isn't a lot of other things that stand out. Guys are usually where they're supposed to be. Like, maybe plays haven't been made every time they should have been, and guys miss tackles and. And the linebackers were a little shaky against Nebraska, but I think for for six games, they've been very together. They've been organized pre-snap. Substitutions are smooth and fast. They're they've got. I just I've been really really impressed with Mike McDonald and his approach and how the defense has looked. It hasn't been perfect, and like no defense is going to be perfect, but it's been really solid, reliable. One of the words you used, consistent. I mean they're. They're not giving up huge chunk plays. They're not getting run up and down the field. They're not giving up the same kinds of passes over and over and over like we used to see with yeah. Don Brown. I, I just, I've been really impressed, man. Mike McDonald has done more and better than I thought he would out of the gate. And I, I do think, I mean, you'd be crazy not to give a lot of credit to the players. And I think those three, Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Ross, Brad Hawkins, veteran dudes. Brad Hawkins is essentially a glorified captain at this point. I know he didn't yeah. get not one of the official ones, but um, really, really impressed with that defense through six games. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a top 20 defense for 12 games over a uh, top five defense for six games any day yeah, of the week. Yeah, there you so. go. All right, Brandon, we have been waiting to see speed and space. We have been waiting to see this dynamic offense that was coming to Ann Arbor. We're recruiting these smaller, faster type athletes. And Josh Gaddis just really hasn't gotten it done so far. I know at least as far as we're concerned, it, it hasn't been good enough. So I'm curious, we're six weeks into now year three under Josh Gaddis. What are your thoughts? How, how, if you want to give him a grade so far, six weeks, you want to compare it to the first two seasons? I mean, does it look better? Do we look like we're trending in the right direction? What are your thoughts? It's a loaded question. I still think there's a lot to be desired with Michigan's offense. I do. Um, he's called he's he's called some good games this year. I'm going to give credit where it's due. I think he called a good game against Wash, uh, Wisconsin. I think he called a good game against Nebraska. Um, you know, running it so, so much through the first three weeks and not even trying to throw the ball, I don't like that approach. I, I, I also don't think that's really on Josh Gaddis. And if it is, then that's a problem. If it's you know, I think Jim Harbaugh is saying like, you know, we really want to establish this. We want to do this. We want to do that. That's that's something we're. Yeah, I mean, we're not in the meeting rooms. We're not in the pregame planning. We don't know how that, and they're not going to tell us. So I'm, um, I've always found myself a little curious about that. Like, how involved is Harbaugh with the offensive approach? You've got a co-offensive coordinator in Sharon Moore also now in the mix, and like, does it really look that different from anything we've seen for seven years under Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. Does it for me? So that that I've always been a little curious about that, but no, I think, I mean, the numbers are what they are. Josh Gaddis, the offenses have gone down every year he's been there, um, and it, you know we'll see where they're at at the end of this season as as the next handful of opponents is the best chunk of uh, of talent that they've seen all season. I don't know if I I don't know letter grade, and I. I think it's like a D plus, dude. I just have not been that impressed with what he's done. We talked about the, you know, the creativity in the red zone. Yeah. Again, I just every time I want to like bang on Josh Gaddis for like not doing what I think he should be, I can't help but be like, I don't even know if that's him doing it. I, I right. really don't even know if that's him 
doing that. But I, here's I, the thing: oh. you, you've you've got to hold his feet to the fire because he's the OC. So you yeah, got to assume yeah. you got to assume that he is. I don't think he's been that great. I, I just don't. Yeah. I don't really think he's been all that good. And you know, I think every every week when I watch, I just you know, or every time I watch another game, I'm like, I would love to see Michigan do something like that, and I've never seen it. Yeah. I, I find myself doing that quite a bit, but against the the two biggest games of the season this year have been his best games. So I think there's some value in that. And we'll, we'll see how the second half looks. And I'm, I'm speaking of Wisconsin and Nebraska on the road. There were some nice calls in those games and timely calls and, and plays that worked. So D plus C minus though, as he's yeah. going into the second half of his third year. And, and that's where I'm at C minus. And I, and I think it's because like when you go back and you look at a lot of the big plays that have happened this year, I, I don't know that I would credit as much of that to Josh Gaddis as I would to just the athletes on the field, the guys just going out and making plays. I haven't walked away feeling like, wow, that was like a phenomenal play call at that moment in time. So again, C minus, I think he's, he's had some good games where he's called, but you're right. Like you, you, you turn off the Michigan game and then you look around the country and you're like, why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we stretching the ball? The red zone offense, getting the ball in the hands of guys like AJ Henning, Roman Wilson, the quick guys that can like the quick strike plays where you can get 25, 30 yards out of it really quick. I just think you're right. And, and, and Jim Harbaugh said as much, they leave a lot on the bone. That offense has got to get better, especially in the second half of the season. They're going to need it. Joseph, and you're right. That might be it. Joseph, be with it. A, another another very very valid question to this whole Gaddis offense thing: Is it is Josh Gaddis limiting the quarterback, or is the quarterback limiting Josh Gaddis? It's the chicken or the egg discussion that's been around since he got hired, and I, I've heard examples in both directions. I mean, when Shea Patterson was the guy, I heard, damn dude, almost directly from Josh Gaddis's mouth when two like two, you know. Jay Patterson, more number two. When two is on, we can go. When he's not, I can't call anything. Like, that's yeah. essentially what I was told how they felt about Shea Patterson. And I, I mean, I'm sure all offensive coordinators feel that way about their quarterback. So, what, what is it? What, what is it that's kind of holding the offense back from, from reaching its highest potential? I don't know, man. But I, I still think. You know, play design and being really creative and really keeping the defense off balance. I just don't see it that much from Michigan. I really it don't. It seems when to me, it, it seems like it looks like a lot of what we've seen in the past where it's like, we're bigger than you, we're yeah. better than you, we're going to line up and we're just going to try to pound it down. Like there's not, there is some creativity sometimes, but there's not nearly as much as I would like to see and not nearly as much as I think is needed for a team to compete at the level where now you're talking about national championships, even conference championships against teams like Ohio state, you've got to be creative. You're going to have to put points on the board. You're going to have to move the ball. I just think, you know, there's that whole school of thought that there's a secret playbook that is yet to be opened. Well, we're year seven and we haven't seen it yet. And I know Josh Gaddis is only in year three, but if there is a secret playbook, the good news is (laughs) (laughs) that's what I hear when I hear people say the secret playbooks, it's coming. I just want to pray for that. I don't even know. I just want to pray for people when they say that, dude. Uh-huh. I just hey, look at hey, here. Here's the deal. If there's a secret playbook, can we agree that we will hear it in two weeks on October 30th? Oh, good God. You'll need it, right? Unless Michigan goes in and beats the shit out of them. We're going to have to see a pretty creative offense. I feel like uh, it's what is it? Sherman Klump's mom on the Nutty Professor. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> by the way. 
<laughs> she's sitting at the dinner table rubbing the youngest son's head. Mm. <laughs> All right. My question, we, we've done a lot of first half of the season, second half of the season. Now I'm going to get a little specific about what's coming up this Saturday. What's your worry level for Northwestern, 1 through 10? They got boat raced by Nebraska 56 to 10 a couple weeks ago, and then they go beat Rutgers 21 to 7, which is worse than Michigan beat them. Now the transitive property is not a thing in football, right? You can't say like, well, this team beat that team by this, so by – right. You know, you get those two teams on the field. That's what would happen. That's not how it works. But I thought North, I thought Rutgers looked like respectable, and then they get beat by two scores by Northwestern. So, what's your worry level for this week? This is like the classic, classic trap game type of setup. Worry level for Northwestern heading into this weekend. Zero, zero. I'm worried zero about this. You know, I, I've been hearing it from people on social media, like one game at a time. We got the Wildcats coming up. You can't look ahead to, to, to Michigan State. Like, yeah, I, I'm Chris not worried. Listen, dog. listen. As a, dog. Say it again. As a fan, I'm not worried about Northwestern. I'm not worried about them. To me, look, we just got done not too long ago talking about how Michigan is legitimately a top five team in the country. Sure, Northwestern might give them some fits early, but Michigan has bigger goals. I believe that this team is locked in. I think that, you know, in years past, like like we've heard from Cade McNamara, where the team may have come apart and fallen short in years past, it seems like that missing ingredient that's been there it hasn't been talent. We don't know what it's been, but that missing ingredient seems to be there this year. I think Michigan goes out, takes care of business. I think they beat the shit out of Northwestern. I think they're going to win by a lot. I'd give it a two. Only because, only because of that Michigan State game looming. I mean, I, I, I really, yeah. I really, really, I have, listen, I don't know if I bought into Michigan being like the best team in the Big Ten or being able to go on the road and beat Michigan State or beat Penn State and beat Ohio State this year. But I have absolutely bought into this team being up and ready each week. Yes. I bought into that. I bought into that. And so because of that, they're just way better than Northwestern. So because I think they will be up and they will be ready to get back on the field after a bye at home, I think they win by a lot. But it's Northwestern. They're scrappy. They're pesky. They're Pat Fitzgerald personified. They're, that like That's that's what they do. They that, Like them, Purdue, they've got a knack for winning a game that they just have no freaking business winning. And I would put this in the category of they have no freaking business winning it. So you got to be careful. You got to take care of business. You got to play smart. But I, I do think Michigan, I don't know what the number is for that game, what the spread is, but I, I think it was like I, in the twenties. Yeah. I think Michigan's going to win by a lot, but yeah. I still would give, I would give Northwestern a shred of respect because I think they've earned that over the years. And they, th this is kind of what they do. They, they jump up and bite a team when they just have no business doing it. I don't see it happening, but I'll say two, I will say, okay. 19 and a half is the line. According to, okay. Uh, to Tony right there. And it might've moved. I don't know. But yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot against the conference team. Conference. So we, we've, we talked about it a little bit during the show, so I don't even know that it's going to be a burning question at this point, but I've got it down. So I'm going to ask it the noon kick against Michigan state. Were you 
forget about whether or not you like it. Were you surprised to see that, that it wasn't at least a 3.30 or a night game? Did or I, Were you surprised to see the noon kit come across? I think initially I was, and then I kind of, you know, looked at the reasoning, like there's World Series stuff going on and there's other big games. Like, so no, not not really. Um, no, not really. I mean, you know, there these these TV uh these TV broadcasts are all in the business of making a ton of money. So they want to put games where the most people are going to be watching them. If you shift Michigan to the night, then it's competing with uh, Ohio State, Penn State. If you put it in the middle of the day, I think it is it is it Georgia. There's another pretty big game in the yeah. middle of the day. And then you've got World Series stuff on Fox. Like, I get it. I Like, from a TV, like, executive personnel standpoint, like, I, I do understand it. I just thought it was, like, it would just be so cool if it was a night game. Um but it's not. And so, like yeah, I said, I think that favors Michigan a little bit in terms of like what's going on in East Lansing at, the, at noon versus 7 p.m. But yeah, See, and I've seen a lot of fans take the same stand that you have. And and I think as a fan, like I, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be at least a 3.30 kickoff. I was hoping for a night game kickoff. To me, you know, you look at the last time this happened, the early 60s, the fact that there's a rivalry on top of it. To me, this game deserved the lights that deserve the national stage of college game day. You know, I'm not even going to pretend to understand, or I'm not going to pretend that I understand what the TV contracts are and how all that works. But to me, it seemed like this right. was a shoe in for the night game. But at the end of the day, you're right. I think that, you know, a lot, I was watching a lot of fans on show, social media. They're like, why would you ever want a night game? It's going to make things harder for Michigan. That's what I want. I want to see if this team's for real. I don't want to find out, you know, the final week in November, whether or not Michigan's for real. If they are who they need to be, they can take care of business in East Listen, Lansing, whether or not it's during the day, whether or not it's at night. I say, give me the electric environment under the lights. Here's what I'll say. Those people, I, I, I want nothing to do with them. I've heard people, I've, I've been around people my whole life in sports as a teacher, as a coach, as an athlete. I mean, albeit not a great one, but I've been around people my whole life that will say like, Man, I wish we could play that team when their best players out. Now get the fuck, get out of here with that, right. man. Like what? What? Like where are your balls? Where? Where? Like, does your wife have your balls in a jar on the basement shelf downstairs? Like, what the hell is that? I, 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 I got no respect for people who want an opponent to be weakened by anything. In the real practical sense of when the kickoff is, I think Michigan does have an advantage by playing at noon. But if I was picking. Give me seven o'clock. Go yeah. in there, shut them the hell up, and win that Paul Bunyan trophy and bring it back to Ann Arbor. If On national TV, like in front of the whole, yeah. Dude, if you are a competitor and you have ever played a sport in your life, you want to go at the biggest, baddest dude out there and take his freaking lunch. That's what you want. Now, in the grand scheme of someone covering the team and Michigan gets a win by however you get the win. Like that, that's what you, that's what you write about. Then that's you can talk about those things. But if you're in it, no, dude. If if there's people out there who are like, I'm so glad they're playing at like beta, miss me. Well, get, well, and, get, and, out and, of my, and, get out of my feed, dude. I don't want that shit. Man. And I think you that made a good point so where we talk about the Washington game, like and what that environment was like. Like if that Washington game was a noon game, it's not even like, and I, I like to me, that's what makes college football so great. I love those night atmospheres. I love when, 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 you know, everybody's had all day to sort of think about the game and get hyped up about the game. And the fact that the eyes of the entire country sort of go to that one game in the evening. I just thought that Michigan, Michigan state deserved it. I'm not, I'm not angry about it. Gus Johnson, Joel Platt, whatever. They'll get us a little through. sweaty, dude. I got a little 
I got a little because I, I dude, I remember, I remember as a coach. Again, dude, like I'm not saying like give me the I'm give me the Lombardi trophy. Like <laughs> I coached middle school and high school JV football and basketball. Like I I'm not like the foremost expert on the topic, but I remember having a player literally say like, "Oh, I wish their quarterback was hurt." I wanted to like kick the kid off the team. I'm like, "What are you talking about? Are you kidding me?" No. Anybody who thinks that way I got I got nothing for you. I I don't I don't want to associate with somebody like that in the heat of competition. No thank you. No thank you. All right, last one. I'm I gotta chill out. Let me get a drink. My God, get this man a towel. I got sweat rings going on under my shirt right here. Yeah, thank you. All right, I will do that. Tony is in plug. This fucking guy. Who, who wants that guy? Who wants that guy? All right, last one. This is last one, right? Yep, this is it. What is one thing, one thing you must, you can be as specific or as generic or vague as you want on this. What is one thing you must see on Saturday against Northwestern out of the Michigan Wolverines? One thing, just something you got to see that will make you feel good coming off the bye in that game, heading into these, these, next, uh, these next five, six weeks. That's easy. I got to see JJ McCarthy throw the damn ball. Stop putting him in <laughs> the game. Stop putting him in the game and handing the ball off and not letting him do what he's really, really, really good at doing. And I think you've seen this talk is that, yeah, JJ's getting on the field, but it's like the way they're using him just doesn't make much sense, at least from an outsider's perspective. There, There's a lot smarter guys inside there that – know what they're doing and maybe there's there's a reason for it but to me the casual fan on the outside I don't get why they're not letting him throw the ball and so especially against Northwestern look there's going to come a time in the second half Kate might not go down for a long period of time but he's going to have to come out for a few plays and he might get shaken up against Penn State or Michigan State and Ohio State and JJ McCarthy's going to have to go into the game for a few series and he's going to have to move the ball let the kid do it against Northwestern. You are a superior team. You should beat them handedly. Matter of fact, I, I, in an ideal world, I would love to see them come out and give J.J. McCarthy the first two or three series of the game. Let him come out and just oh. run with it. And then bring in Cade. Have it be thing right at the beginning. We're to let him come out, see what he can do to open the game. Let him get that momentum going. We'll bring him out. We'll bring you in. You know, give him a chance. Let him work. So since I don't think J.J. McCarthy is going to ever be much of a factor this year, I mean, I, I, I just at this point, I feel like we would have seen that. I, I, I could be wrong. But, but you're you're also assuming that Cade McNamara it makes it the second half of the schedule unscathed. Well, yes, that's true. I mean, obviously, if he gets a little dinged up or something, that changes things in a massive way. But what I would like to see is a full game where I think you're going to be able to do this. You're going to be able to tune some things up a little bit. You're going to be able to try – some things out in the passing game. I would like to see a full game of Cade McNamara with multiple, multiple dime-type throws and a 68% completion percentage because I'm not sure he's done that when he really needed to. I think he went like 9 for 11 earlier in the year against Northern Illinois or he had some higher numbers. But overall, against Wisconsin, against Nebraska, he just hasn't really been on – on point he has not he's missed guys in stride you know when it should have been outside a little bit on the sideline it was inside a little bit closer to the hash receivers are having to break up passes so they don't get intercepted 
Cornelius Johnson has to go down to his butt to catch a ball, and they have to burn a timeout before the half. It's like I just want to see a passing game that I feel confident about, that that can go out and win a game when you actually need it to win a game. And I think if they can start to work towards that against Northwestern, I'll feel a lot better going into that game against Michigan State in East Lansing next week. That That's what I would like to see, a competent, aggressive, attacking, accurate, efficient passing game that puts points on the board. That's what I want to see against Northwestern. Is that too much to ask, dude? I think it is. It's too much to ask? I really do. Wow. Well, I mean, hey, hey look, I'm not shitting on the offense. I just don't think this is – I don't think that's what they are, and I don't think that's what they want to be. And until they get forced into that spot, I don't think they're going to be that. I think against Northwestern, you're probably going to see – more of the same from what you saw the first six weeks where they're going to try to pound it down their throat. Cade McNamara is probably going to walk away from the game, completing nine of 16. And then we'll go into East Lansing and we'll see, we'll see how things look. <laughs> nine of 16 is like the most Michigan stat line I've ever heard in 2021. Nine of 16 for a buck 32. Call it a day. Hey, what's, What's nine of 16 for a buck 32? No touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Jim Kelly in, uh, in, uh, in college in 1986. Yeah. No, that was, that was Michigan last week. I, I mean, the damn ball. God, I feel bad, dude. I feel bad doing that, but like. No, you don't though, because we know it and we've seen this before. We've seen five yeah. and O starts. We've seen six and O starts. We've seen it. It's not the beginning that, that everybody has a problem with. It's this part that we're getting up to. It's the second half. So for all those people out there beating their chest saying, well, look at Jim Harbaugh. They're doing it. They're doing it. Well, we're going to find out the next six weeks, whether or not this is all real. And, and I'm starting to think it is, but they've got to throw the damn ball more and wanting to see that is not a sign of being like a bad fan or being off base. You just, you've seen it before. You know what these opponents are capable of. And Cade McNamara is going to have to be the guy this season. They're going to turn to him and say, Hey man, we need you. You got to get us down the field. And he still hasn't been there yet. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, he's, I said it. I don't know if it was on this, if it was on our, our live stream, or if it was when I was on with Jamie on the end zone, when I go on there, I think Cade McNamara has had more below average throws than above average throws this year. Fair. And I, you know, and I think that's fair. You know, has he been effective enough to get W's? Yeah, because Michigan's six and oh. But man, the real tests are coming. Three of them, three hogs. Three hog tests are coming starting next week in East Lansing. November 13th against Penn State in Happy Valley and end of November. Everybody knows what that one is. Ohio State, who looks like a damn machine at this point. If Ohio State and Oregon played again, I think Ohio State might beat the brakes off them. I really do. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't like it was like, I don't know. I mean, it was a good football. Like somebody's got to lose a football game, right? The mm. fact that Ohio State lost it, it wasn't like they were trash. But look, I, I still, I feel the same way about Ohio State. I still feel that they are more vulnerable this year than they have been in years past. I think they've shown it. They might be, there. right? Yeah. They might be picking up a little bit, but they haven't seen a team like Michigan yet. And and that's the thing. Like we talk about, like man, the Spartans are going to be tough. Man, Penn State's going to be tough. Man, Ohio State's going to be tough. The Michigan Wolverines are a tough football team, man. And, and I think a lot of people are going to have to try to deal with these guys 
And and I just don't know how you shut down an Aiden Hutchinson. I don't know how you keep an, a David Ojabo from getting to the quarterback. I I don't know. I don't know what we have. I, I don't want to do this arguing thing right now, but I mean, like, Steve says I need to watch more. Kate has made many perfect dimes, many great long Stop. dimes. Dude, okay, can I just say this before you get into it? When you drop back, when you drop back and you throw the ball into a spot, that's not necessarily a dime. Like you're giving the 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 wide receiver the opportunity to work toward the ball. Show me, I know Kate, I'm not going to say Kate hasn't made any good throws this year, but he's he's putting he's throwing dimes? Like what has anybody in the country had that thought? Dude, he's got five touchdowns in six games. What dimes? I mean, like, let's let's call a spade a spade, man. I, like, I, I don't know. I his guess best his best balls are the deep balls where he just puts it up there and lets a receiver go and work toward it. I haven't seen Cade McNamara step back and really put the ball where it needs to be. I've seen him float the ball up. It looks beautiful and pretty when he does it. Cade put up 13,000 yards and 150 TDs in high That's school. That's great. I, I used to have abs. Sweet. That's awesome. Dude. I don't anymore. I uh, only care about what happens at Michigan. I don't give a shit about how many yards somebody throws <laughs> in high school if it doesn't translate to Michigan. Yeah. I don't know, man. Look. I, and I'm not, hey, look at, he, he's, they're six and oh. Yeah. He's, no, he's and doing I've, everything he needs to do. I've said this before. I'm not. I'm not even in the camp of like sit him down and play JJ. I'm. I'm not comfortable saying that. Like it. What there's no. What have you seen from JJ that makes you think he would be certainly better? You can't answer. I, I, that I, I can answer that. I can answer that because I've seen JJ do things that I haven't seen Cade McNamara do, and I've seen Cade McNamara do things that I know for a fact JJ McCarthy can do. Well. So when I look at those two things, I say, okay, I want to go with JJ McCarthy because he's got that extra gear. I'm willing to take the lumps. I'm willing to take a couple of stupid mistakes by a freshman yeah, quarterback yeah. because because I know I believe in my heart of hearts that in the second half of the season, Michigan that offense is going to need to go to another level that they haven't gone to yet and i'm not sure they can get there with kate that's all that is i'm not sure that they can get there with jj either that is chris Bryler. phone number is 9892 i'm just don't do it don't do it i'm not gonna do the rest i'm not gonna do the rest but if you want to find him dm me i'll tell you You where he's at you can find Um, me i'm easy to find i'm all over social media he's he's everywhere listen it's fun michigan's undefeated they're back in they're back in the big house this weekend Against Northwestern, they should be seven and zero. It's gonna be freaking seven and zero Michigan against freaking seven and zero in East Lansing on October thirtieth at noon. I I can't wait. I already can't wait for that. You want to know what's even more exciting than that? I got a new headset. Look at this. Somebody was asking about it way way earlier. It's bigger up here. I kind of felt like I was an astronaut when I got on. That's what she said. Bigger up here. This area right, right here is a little bulgy. I'm she gonna start al- by saying go blue. She also said that. A little bulgy. Little bulgy. Little bulgy. Forgot to throw this out there. You, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays. Listen, yeah, man. if this is In a case of the Mondays, give me a case every week. I'll take it. If this case is a case of the Mondays. Give me a case every week. Thanks for listening, everybody. One of our biggest, best shows in terms of viewing numbers. So I love that. It might have been because of Blake Corum. I'm going to say it was because of us, but whatever. 
appreciate Blake for stopping by again, being a good sport. Always love having him on. He didn't kill the music challenge, but we'll do the country, the country songs next time. I do think he's going to kill it on Saturday though. And that's where it really counts. Right. So thanks. Uh, thanks again to Blake for stopping by. Always good to have him on, man. Yeah, dude, an hour and a half. I did not see that coming, but anyway, Woo. good stuff as always from Chris. Thanks for your time, sir. Thanks to everybody else out there for listening. We will be back on Wednesday night. Take care, everybody.